Hello, divas. Um, Welcome back to a brand new episode of Diva Dailies. Before we actually start the episode, I just wanted to put a little quick disclaimer at the beginning here and say that Kristen and I, Kristen's our guest co-host of the week, and you're going to meet her in a couple seconds. But Kristen and I briefly talk about the coronavirus And we recorded this episode three weeks ago, so the way we talk about the coronavirus and how we're dealing with it has quite obviously evolved since then and now because a lot has changed since then and now. So yeah, I just wanted to put that quick disclaimer in case anybody thinks like, oh my god, this is how they're dealing with the current situation. It's not. So (laughs) I feel like I could speak on behalf for Kristen on this one when I say that we are both taking the current situation very seriously, as everyone should be, honestly. Just wanted to put that quick disclaimer at the very beginning. And um, yeah, I hope you guys are doing okay. I know things are like really crazy and uncertain and a bit bleak right now. But hopefully when you listen to this episode, it will provide you some sort of like mental escape in some way. So um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's a very zigga zigga episode. And um, yeah, okay, enjoy. The Oscar goes to... And the Grammy goes to... The winner is... 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 And the winner is... What's the like of saying your luggage? Sometimes. That means sometimes. There can be a hundred people in a room. Maybe there is right now. I know it's tuna, but it, it says chicken. I don't know her. She always has these long lists of like diva demands. Cheetos and Doritos. Great gowns, beautiful gowns. I understand you embrace the term diva. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Diva Dailies. I am your host, Steffi, and this week I am joined by another wonderful, special guest co-host. Everybody, welcome, Kristen. Thank you for having me. Yay! Okay, so I always forget to do this, but if you guys want to follow us on social media, we're Diva Dailies Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and you could also email us, divadailiespod at gmail.com. Kristen, why don't you tell the listeners at home a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So I'm Kristen. I'm from New York. I have a YouTube channel where I talk about movies and TV and do celebrity interviews. And then my full-time job, I I work at MTV doing social media. And that kind of like takes up all my time when I'm not, you know, watching movies and watching TV shows. Nice. Yeah. You know, this is going to be fun because I've never actually, you're the second guest I've ever like had on with me for an episode and I forgot to do this with Angie but she like eventually revealed it while we were doing it do you have a particular favorite diva oh oh my gosh that's so hard because I feel like everybody kind of has like you know like their girl maybe they have like a little group that they love do you have anyone in particular that you like Ooh, that's my girl (laughs) yeah I would say Christina Aguilera is definitely one. Nice. Um, okay. Okay. Deborah Cox. Oh, yes. Her remixes give me life. Yes. Okay. Um, and I would say, hmm, I would say definitely those two. 
Does JoJo count as a diva? Yeah, JoJo counts. Definitely. I would count her. Right? Yeah. She's got the pipes. She's got the movies. Yeah. Yeah. I would say those three are ones I would think of right now. That's a solid little trio you have going on there. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to shout out like your socials so that people can follow you? Um, Sure. So I'm Kmaldo pretty much everywhere. That's K-A-Y-M-A-L-D-O. Then you just add a one to that at the end for like Instagram, but... Uh, That's it on uh, Twitter and YouTube and Facebook. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump into our first segment that we do in every episode. It's our Oscar and Razzie moment of the week. This is where we talk about our personal high point and low point moments of the week. So do you want to go first? Sure. So I'll start with my Razzie so that we can like end on a high note. Yeah. (laughs) So my Razzie of the week happened today. Oh, wow. I was getting out of work early, which seems great. And I was like, okay, what are my train options to go home? And unfortunately, if I wanted to go straight home and not have to transfer anywhere, it was going to be 30 minutes of waiting. And I was like, I don't want to wait today. I'll transfer. Except I don't usually transfer. So of course, I got on the train. And I forgot to get off. Oh, no. And so, of course, right as the door is shut on the stop I need to go off of, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, my God. So I got I got got off in some random town that's, like, kind of sketchy. And I was, like, trying to figure out, oh, no, how am I going to get home now? Oh, yikes. And so that was kind of my Razzie of the week of just being like, I could have been home early. And instead, now I had to spend, like, an hour trying to figure out a new way to get home from some weird town <laughs> that I was in. Wow. That sounds, like, so stressful because I mean like you're on east coast I'm on west coast and like I don't have to deal with any of that it's just like get in your car and go Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know how to handle that situation if I were you is that like something that kind of like a common problem on the east coast with missing subway trains um well this was um a specific uh it's not a subway it's like the the train that's like um Oh, okay, okay. It's not the subway. It's, like, the actual, like, train station. Mm. So, um, you know, missing a subway stop, that's easy to go back. But to go from, like, a full town back, like, like a town that I don't know, like, I was kind of on a train line that I'm not familiar with. I was like, oh, my gosh, now I don't know what to do. And that's stressful where I'm just like, right? can I just get a car? Like, can I, like what can I do? Like, can I get an Uber oh, no. from here? Do yeah. I have to, like, figure out how to go all the way back and wait? Because sometimes the trains come every, like, 30 minutes. Uh-huh. Whereas the subway, like, every five minutes they'll come. So then that's not that bad. I'm from the suburbs, so I'm going basically from the suburbs into the city. And that's why it's like, oh, God, now... I can't I just like where's my car can't yeah. I just drive home <laughs> where's my car <laughs> why do I have to do this right now oh man yeah. well I'm glad you got home safely yeah I made it I made it yeah <laughs> and then my Oscar moment of the week I feel like there was actually a lot of good moments this week oh, okay I mean the highlight of course has to be being on Diva Daily oh okay <laughs> um but another highlight was um, I actually was at this film festival this weekend and I got to interview the director of the Netflix show Hilda. Do you know that show? Oh, is that new? It's going to be in its second season. It's like okay. an animated series, but it's really like whimsical and magical. And it's about this girl that goes on all these adventures. And it's it's actually really good. Oh. It was just cool to be able to do the interview. But also it was really empowering because I got the notice that I was able to do it kind of late and normally if I'm going to be like doing an on-camera interview I try to have someone help me because sometimes it can be hard to like set everything up and be on camera like when I'm doing like certain things like a red carpet or something so I was like okay is this going to be like that situation right and so I ended up going by myself and 
I managed to like, you know, kind of set it all up and, and have it all work out and still be on camera. And I felt really empowered because I was like, I've never actually been able to do that before. Like I always thought that like I would need someone else's help. So I was like, wow, okay, I can do this by myself. I love those moments when like you kind of not necessarily like prove yourself wrong, but like you surprise yourself, you know, you're like, wow, I really can do it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh God, what if the camera turns off and I can't see because, you know, I'm not on, you know, I'm not on that side of the camera. Yeah. But everything worked out and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe I can do this. So I was proud of myself. I was like, all right, Women's History Month. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess I'll start off with my, um, hmm, I'll just start off with like a general Razzie moment of the week is just like this coronavirus scare like literally I was on I was on my laptop like last night doing stuff on my my computer and when I bought this it was like back in like 20 2015 and I had enabled CNN notifications and I need to figure out how to disable my CNN notifications but I got like a notification late at night and it was like a thousand plus findings of the coronavirus are now in the United States and they've doubled since Sunday and I'm just like this is great this is wonderful what a time to be alive in 2020 so crazy um, (laughs) oh my gosh how is it in like New York like what's the culture there um surrounding coronavirus 2020 I feel like it's very much still going on as if nothing's really happening like they say like oh try not to be on the subway try to walk if you can but like everybody's still everywhere yeah now they're letting certain like companies or teams or different things like you know be like oh don't come in to work if you don't have to kind of thing right from what I've been seeing uh-huh and I've been seeing people with like masks on on the train and stuff but actually I will say though I went to Trader Joe's the other day and there was no toilet paper, chips, or alcohol. So I was like, <gasps> I guess everybody's sucking up on those three things. That's really funny. <laughs> toilet paper, chips, and alcohol. Yeah. I was oh, like, man. I was like, the good cider's gone. There's literally zero chips left. And there was like no toilet paper. I was like, okay. Wow. All right. You're like, it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> right? How was it in California? It seems like pretty normal. Like, it's like when you go outside, it seems to be just regular every day but if you like turn on the news or you like go on social media or on the internet in general it's like the world is ending and I wonder like is is the world really ending or is it just that now we have social media and stuff so we can really really be more connected about right everything and like maybe this is what it was like during other flus and things that went on several years ago but we just didn't have like the type of social media presence that we do now I don't know yeah I feel like social media constantly being plugged in with one another is um kind of created some sort of mental hysteria of some sort I think so like a lot of people I know are like actually like freaking out having like mental breakdowns over it and I'm like I don't should I be doing that or is it like I don't know (laughs) I'm not sure what level we're at yet. that's really funny it's like you see the next person freaking out and you're like maybe I should freak out too (laughs) my Oscar moment of the week is I recently binged love is blind and wow what a whirlwind that show was it's so good it's so good oh man that show for me honestly I will say the first couple episodes were just like meh 
to me because, you know, they were still in the pods and then they were in Mexico, I believe. And it was like still this lovey-dovey situation. But I feel like once the couples left the island and they were in Atlanta and they were facing real world situations and problems, that's when that show got like infinitely better. And it was just a really interesting, entertaining watch. (laughs) Who was your favorite couple? I think probably Lauren and Cameron. Although I was really rooting for Kenny and Kelly. Oh my God. Kind of ruined it at the end. Same. Same. I am like totally with you on that. I was like, yes, Cameron and Lauren are great. But like, I also really loved Kelly and Kenny because they felt like stable. And honestly, I know everyone online like hates on Jessica. But for me, I just like am so betrayed by Kelly. (laughs) Yes, because she was like, everything was going great. And then all of a sudden, like the second to last episode, she's like, I don't know. He's more like my best friend. And I'm like, what are you saying? Yeah, I was like, where did this come from? (laughs) Oh, man. Well, love is blind. I wonder when their second season is going to be like filming. Oh, my gosh. I hope soon. And now our feature presentation. When the world is in trouble, when our future is in danger, we call upon one man. But when he's busy, he calls five girls. Columbia Pictures presents The Spice Girls. All right, we're coming. So this week, we're going to be talking about Spice World. Yay! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's perfect. This January. Would you like an hors d'oeuvre? No. Oh, I'll have one of these pie things. Make your choice. Oh, I like the blonde one. No, 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 no. Sporty. Rock your world. Hello. And spice up your life with the Spice Girls. Spice World. Yeah, but can they act? Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, girl power. Feminism. Do you know what I mean? Spice World stars the Spice Girls as themselves in this parody mockumentary style film in the days leading up to the girls concert at Royal Albert Hall. The movie, of course, stars the Spice Girls. To break it down, we have Mel B, Scary Spice, Mel C, Sporty Spice, Jerry Hollowell, Ginger Spice, Emma Bunton, Baby Spice, and Victoria Beckham as Posh. The movie was directed by Bob Spears and it was written by Kim Fuller, who also wrote From Justin to Kelly. What an icon. I know. I did. I was like, oh my gosh, another diva movie. (laughs) (laughs) It really found his niche here. Do you know actually how Spice Girls got their names? Like their individual? Yeah. I don't know if I do. I don't think so. Well, you know, it was actually a lazy journalist that couldn't be bothered to remember all our names. So he just gave us nicknames. And we were like, oh, well, that kind of works. I don't mind my name. Do you like your name, baby? Posh? We were like, let's just go with it. So we just rolled with it, and it kind of worked out. <laughs> the lazy journalist called you scary? Yeah. How did, you're like a kid at this point. Well, no, I'm, I'm very kind of 
in your face or was even more so back then. I was, what, 17, 18, like, what? What do you want? <laughs> Look, you kind of had to be in your face to make it in this in that environment, right? I mean, well, I mean, five girls together that are, are all passionate with the same goals and the same dreams to spread the word of girl power and supporting women. Yeah, we were pretty full on. Five, five girls with that energy. Yes. That's funny. Wow. So this movie also stars Richard E. Grant as the manager, Alan Cumming as this documentarian. We have Nyoka Mori as Nicola. And then we also have several celebrity cameos. We have Elton John, Bob Geldof, Elvis Costello, Meatloaf, who I, I know of Meatloaf and I know Meatloaf, but like he's not someone when I like see him, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Meatloaf. So he was yeah, he was yeah. their driver. And then apparently Hugh Laurie is in this too somewhere. Did you recognize him? I didn't. Or was he the guy that was like the kind of like a Charlie? Was that him? Maybe. I don't know. I just saw his his name under the credits here in IMDb and I like clicked on his name to make sure it was the Hugh Laurie and it was the Hugh Laurie. Oh, then I don't know who he was in it. And then I just have to give a special shout out to Bill Patterson because I'm currently watching Fleabag right now and he plays the dad on that show. And oh. I was like, oh my God, he's great. Oh, nice. But I found out where Hugh Laurie was playing, he was in that scene when they did like the Agatha Christie kind of parody with Baby Spice, like showing off how like if she smiles, oh, uh, like she can get okay. away with anything. Yes. So it was like very like he's in costume, like it's kind of hard to to recognize him. Yeah, to recognize him. I see. Wow, interesting. Also, um, I don't know if you mentioned him, but Richard O'Brien is in the movie. Okay. He and Meatloaf worked together on the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, wow. Look at all these connections. Yeah. Very cool. I have to ask. Mm-hmm. I always open the conversation with this. Do you remember the first time you watched Spice World? I believe I do. Because this movie came out January 23rd, 1998. So we were still like fairly young. We were kids. Yeah. We were ki- <laughs> yes. Okay. So I don't remember if this is the first time I watched it, but this is a very specific memory that I have of watching it mm-hmm. is that I was definitely like seven or eight. And my grandma was babysitting me and my grandma speaks Spanish. So she, you know, doesn't really know like what was going on. She's just like watching me. And I was like, grandma, can I rent the Spice Girls movie on pay-per-view? Oh my gosh. And, but my, my parents would have said no, because you have to pay for it. Like, yeah. But she was like, sure. And so I did. And then like, it was amazing. And then I remember days later, my parents were like, what is this charge? And I was like, oh. grandma, grandma said I could do it. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> Just throw grandma under the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the first time. If, if it's not the first time I watched it, it's definitely the first time, like, I remember watching it or that I, like, rented it, sort of. Oh, okay. And, and I remember, like, sitting in my parents' bed and being like, oh, my God, the Spice Girls, they're so amazing. But now, important question, were the Spice Girls still together when you watched it? Yes. Yeah. Are they? Oh, wow. Okay. It was when, it, like, around when it came out. Oh, okay. Wow. So you, like, remember, like, the hysteria and hoopla then of the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. It was just, like, I just remember as a kid being, like, so excited. You know, the Spice Girls were my first concert. You know, the Spice Girls <gasps> were just like, oh, my God. Oh, that's so nice. They were your first concert? Yeah. I was in second wow. grade. Wow. And oh my god! <laughs> and actually, my mom put the space buns in my hair like Scary Spice, <gasps> and I was convinced 
that people were going to think I was Scary Spice. I was in second grade. <laughs> like, no one was going to think that I was Scary Spice. But I thought people would think that I was. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Where did you see them? Like, do you know what stadium or? It was um the Jones Beach Amphitheater. Oh, my gosh. That's where it was. And I remember wow. had binoculars. Okay. Yeah, and you know the, the Barbies that they had or like the dolls they had of the Spice Girls? Yeah. And they came with like a tiny, tiny, tiny little doll. Like they were, oh like my little, God. that's how big they looked. Oh my God. <laughs> because we were so far away. Yeah, we were so far away. That's still really cool though. It wasn't like a reunion. Like you actually saw them when they were still like at their height. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And all five of them were there. Yep. Wow. Yep. Oh my gosh. Actually, it's, it's crazy because the more I kept like thinking about the Spice Girls, I kept thinking about all these like memories that I have actually that. Oh. I'm like, wait, I didn't realize that I like had so many Spice Girl moments in my life, I guess. Wow, that's really special. Like, do you know, do you remember the Spice Girl lollipops? No, see, I like, I really, I don't know if I necessarily was too like aware of the Spice Girls. Because in 98, I was, I think I was like four, five around that age. So I don't really have too many like conscious <laughs> memories, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, like during that period in my life. And I feel like if anything, I wasn't like, I was aware of Spice Girls, but I was more of like a Backstreet Boys follower. Oh, I liked the Backstreet Boys then too. But I, I just like, I don't know. I guess I maybe have more memories of the Spice Girls. Like, yeah. But like I had the Spice Girls lollipops were really huge. And they were like, they had these special wrappers. Like it looked like if you were buying a trading card, like it had that kind of wrapper on it and you would get a sticker wow. inside. And I remember I was eating one and my tooth was loose and I, oh, no. and I swallowed it because I was, I thought it was part of the lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> no, that's how I lost one of my teeth <laughs> dang you have the Spice Girls to thank for that yep <laughs> <laughs> oh man well then again like I know this is like it's been a while but do you remember like what your initial impressions of the movie were when you like saw it as a kid were you like yes this is everything yeah definitely that I remember just like loving all of it I, and there were definitely specific moments like because I rewatched it so we could talk about it. Yeah. And I remembered it a little bit in a different order, I feel like. Mm, or maybe yeah. it was just certain things that stood out to me then mm -hmm. that I like, I was like, oh, this is coming. And then there were certain things that I was like, whoa, I totally don't remember that at all. Yeah. Like, I guess a lot of this stuff with like the people that were trying to make the movie or the documentary stuff around the Spice Girls, I like didn't really remember a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Or like the the performance that they do when they're like hanging out with their their pregnant friend. I thought that opened up the movie for some reason. Oh, okay. But then, you know, as I'm rewatching, I'm like, no, I guess these are just the things that just I remembered as a kid because they stuck with me. Yeah, it's so it's so funny when you like go back and watch certain movies that you like watched as a kid and you're like, wait, wow, this is like a lot different from what I was yeah, remembering. I mean, <laughs> it was a lot more like a little bit more risque jokes than I remembered. Like I yeah. remember the, you know, the Milan scene, which I don't know if maybe we'll talk about that later, but that was definitely <laughs> one that I was, that as a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, scandal. <laughs> yeah. But there were definitely other ones that I was like, oh, whoa, I didn't remember this when I, when I was rewatching it. Yeah. But they really like made fun of themselves. They poked fun at themselves in like a very satirical way yeah I feel like in hindsight like I mean I, I did like very quick research on Spice Girls and watched a couple of their interviews I feel like that was kind of like that was like part of their brand you know to kind of like poke fun at themselves maybe that might be like a British thing too because they're a very British group I mean they're like whole symbol is the British flag so true <laughs> 
Well, for me, I guess the first time I watched this movie, I I know I've seen this before, but I don't necessarily remember. Like, I, I must have been really young at the time, too. But I have very vague memories of this movie. Like, I distinctly remember Posh driving the bus. I remember <laughs> that scene. <laughs> and I, I remember, like, the end. The end of them performing Spice Up Your Life, I believe, is their last number, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a fun movie. I want to say my first time officially, officially watching it was for this podcast. <laughs> so what'd you think? <laughs> oh, wow. It, there's, it was fun. It was fun. I know it has a bit of a reputation for being like, you know, not the greatest movie. But once you kind of accept that, it's a fun watch. It's, a, it's like silly. It's silly. It's fun. And it felt like very... Um, of its time. Totally, totally. Well, my first scene that I want to talk about is when they perform Say You'll Be There. Two, one, two, three, four. I'm giving you everything, all that joy can bring. This I swear I'll give you everything. That stripped down version. I really don't have too many like, mm, like serious thoughts about that scene, just that I really enjoyed that moment in the movie because Say You'll Be There is probably my favorite Spice Girls song. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a great one. And then like once, you know, more of the music starts coming in, even that's like a bit different than what we hear on the record. So I just like, I just really enjoyed it. Back on the movies that we've covered for this podcast, whenever it's like a diva movie where they're like performing, like nine times out of ten, I will always say one of my favorite scenes is the performance scene. And I think it's just because I like seeing our divas in action, you know, like now you get to see what they're known for sort of thing. But totally. I think I think that makes sense, because like I said before, that this is the scene that I actually thought was the opening when I was like thinking back yeah, because I, I definitely think it's like a, a powerful one where you're just like kind of seeing them all in their elements. I love that they're all kind of in their, it's, they're more like casual outfits, but also they feel like very unique to each of them, which I think was really fun about the Spice Girls is that they kind of each yeah. had their own style. And I feel like you really see that in that performance. Plus I just really love when you get that, those like 
fun standing mics and they're just all like in a row together doing their moves. And I like that sequence too because we got like that introduction to their pregnant friend, Nicola, like during that <laughs> sequence. Oh, how are you feeling? Oh, Except my back's done in, my front's done in, my insides are wrecked, and I haven't seen my feet for weeks, but I hear they're really fat too. They are. Nah. <laughs> How's baby? Well, how would you feel being carried around all day in a nice squishy waterbed? Very lucky, I think. Yeah, that's the most random part of this movie, I feel like, that, that one storyline. I don't know, like, what was the point of that? Yeah, maybe just to add like an element of like we're telling a story but it's funny because I had read that um because I guess the story for them in this show or in this movie is that they're like this group of homeless friends that lived in a coffee house they're aspiring to be famous they make it with this big single and like they have this backstory where they all met through like their mutual friend of this this woman Nicola and it's like apparently people thought that that was a real story like when the movie came out people apparently thought that that was really their origin and it's like that's not their origin (laughs) story it was just like uh you know what they made up for the movie it kind of made me wonder too like how come nicola didn't get to be in the spice girls like that's literally what i was thinking while watching the movie was like how come she didn't get to join the girl group i mean maybe they had just recently become famous and she was already pregnant i don't know (laughs) she's pregnant spice i guess i don't know (laughs) It caked. Oh. When's it, Jim? Last week. You want to start charging it storage? <laughs> What's your scene? My scene is when they are all together on the bus. You get to see each individual section that's personalized to them, and they're sort of poking fun at themselves and how people view them. Yeah. I just thought that was really fun to kind of see how self-aware they were. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that that bus is, like, humongous. Like, there's no way that's oh my God. really on a bus. <laughs> house (laughs) that reminded me of that show on disney channel from like a long time ago did you ever watch it's called out of the box oh yeah yeah they would literally like go inside the box and then like inside the box was this like humongous playhouse it kind of like gave me that kind of vibe I, but I love that they really like played up their personalities there and, yeah. and that they did have like these interesting discussions about like, you know, Zodiacs and like how people view them and just like all of this stuff that I think it's funny to know that they were aware of these things and kind of didn't take them too seriously. And I think they also just like in that scene and some other ones had really yeah powerful discussions about feminism that I like didn't realize they were having, I guess, when I was a kid. But they said some really great empowering stuff in there about, you know, being a woman and how they're viewed and stuff. And yeah, I just thought it was really fun to see those moments where they like address those topics or address how people saw them. Emma, come on, what's it like to be Baby Spice? I mean, I'm always going to be seen as Baby Spice, you know, the sweet and innocent one. <sighs> Even when I'm 30. You love it really, Emma. You play up to it all the time. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You're doing it now. I'm not! <laughs> you see, the thing about you, Anne, is you got this dead cute little smile, so you can get away with anything. I don't get it. Why do people stereotype us all the time? It was just interesting commentary on, like, the brand behind Spice Girls, because that was their thing, right? Like, each girl was marketed in a very specific way and played into a very specific persona so like from a marketing and branding perspective that was like savvy at the time because it's like you have this girl and she could cater to this kind of girl and then you have like a different kind of girl who can cater to this kind of girl do you all pretty much live up to your your images i mean are you really like the fitness ah now that's one thing you see 
the, the, the image. It's not an image, it's natural. That's the way we well, are. Well, that's what, what I meant Yeah, exactly. That's the way we've always been. It's just that, because we didn't want to suppress anyone in this band. <laughs> Their sassy, non-threatening personas seemed a natural fit for advertisers. And so began a wave of spice-related endorsements. The girls have peddled everything from potato crisps to dolls to cameras and candy. And then, of course, there was the requisite soft drink contract. But then, like, in reality, that idea of balancing, like, this persona, but then who am I really was, you know, it could it could be a bit confusing, I would imagine, for the girls. Like, totally. One of my favorite lines in that scene is when Melcy goes, like, what about sporty, but I am interested in other things, Spice? Why don't we give each other new characters? Like what? I'll tell you what, what about bricklayer Spice? Sexy, come on, energy. Or, um, train spotting spice. Smashing. What about sporty? But I am actually interested in the other things, oh. spice. Like, that was such a great line. Yeah. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's very true. Definitely. And I think what's also kind of interesting, based off what you were saying about, like, kind of crafting personas for each girl, which, mm -hmm. while that can feel like you're being put in a box, I also feel like it sort of, in a way, allowed them to have. I guess, like, kind of their own place in the group. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, sometimes I, I was thinking about this, you know, I feel like especially with boy bands, there's always that one guy that you're kind of like, how'd you get in this group? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, there's always that one where you're like, oh, yeah, and then there's so-and-so. <laughs> yeah, but I don't feel that way when I think about the Spice Girls. I feel like they each, you know, kind of had their thing, you know, and I wonder if that is due to them kind of giving them a persona that you could kind of be like, it was kind of like taking a quiz online. Oh, which which Spice Girl are you? Are you this one, this one, this one, this one based off your personality? Right. Whereas like, I don't know, I, I just thought maybe that was their way of being like, let's connect with people of all these different types of mm -hmm. backgrounds. Diversity is unity, really. You know, the way we feel, you know, we want to express ourselves in different areas. You know, creatively, we love to let it rip. I love that way of, like, looking at it because it does give each of the girls some sort of purpose in the group. I mean, like, you know, not to shade another girl group but it's not like like a pussycat doll situation where it's like you have one clear lead and then you don't know who the other girls are in the group sort of thing exactly yeah totally yeah like I think they each kind of had their moments and their things that they brought to the table and maybe their persona helped with it maybe it didn't but either way I think that the Spice Girls is a group that did a really great job of making each of them important yes and you know I think people might you know people have a favorite of everything yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think in general there was no one that you were like, oh, not that one. Mm -hmm. Whereas sometimes I feel like that happens in boy Yeah, yeah, for sure. I remember like listening to another podcast where one of the hosts like went to the, it wasn't like the most recent Spice Girl reunion tour, but it was one of the shows I think it happened during like the 2000s and all five of them were actually there. And each member of the group kind of had their solo moment. And Victoria, like, you know, some people debate like how much did she really contribute creatively but you know she was very distinct in the group and during her solo moment she didn't sing or dance she like literally had a catwalk moment well that's cool that they, that's and that's something that goes with her personality and also her persona you know like she's the fashion right. one. like even outside of the spice girls she's yeah you know the fashion person right people weren't saying like oh all she did was like a catwalk it was just like oh yeah that makes sense because she's posh and that's still like a valuable contribution to the group yeah totally yeah it was really nice i am really fed up with people thinking that all i do is talk about clothes all the time yeah people are really shallow 
They only judge you on what you look like. Exactly. But I also love that moment too. Like in, it's like in that same scene, like it continues from like the bus to the photo shoot and the girls are like, in this regular kind of photo shoot but then they like take control of the photo shoot and they start dressing up as other people i love that scene i love that sequence because then like you get them dressed up as these iconic pop culture people like i love like the charlie's angels moment and then like the wonder woman moment but what i really really love is when they start dressing up as each other that's my favorite part too i love that I'm like, oh my God, what a concept. Yeah, and it's fun to see, again, like they're poking fun at themselves. Right. And also just like having fun. Like I know people have said that the Spice Girls weren't great actresses in this movie, but I thought they killed it. Like I thought they were having fun and being themselves. Right, and like we're not expecting them to be like Meryl Streep. Like they're literally just playing heightened versions of themselves. And so it's fun then to see them take on each other when they're all talking about like oh this is so uncomfortable this is so uncomfortable and ginger's like actually i love sporty's outfit like this is so comfortable i could be in this forever like yeah i love that moment (laughs) i feel as i've been strangled how do you feel really uncomfortable well i just nearly fell off these shoes and sprained my ankle these things are really tight they're going right on my bum these are really comfy actually don't even (laughs) think about it i'm off i'm getting these off Oh, I need some black How can you wear these? You look a pile of pop in my clothes anyway. I wonder if, like, do you know if they ever did, like, a photo shoot like that? Like, during that time, if they ever, like, dressed up as each other? Um, I don't know. Oh, man, that's too bad. I feel like that could have been a really cool, like, conceptual idea for them back in the day, you know? Yeah, like a cool magazine cover or something. Yeah, because I just, like, I love that idea of them playing with each other's, like, personas. Yeah. That's just like such a cool moment in the movie to see. And it's funny to think like, what if this person was really this persona instead? Like, it's kind of like funny to just see their takes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love when Posh like dresses up as baby. Mm-hmm. I forget what she says. She says something about like, my mommy's my best friend. Yeah, yeah, that's what she says. <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. Yeah. My mommy's my best friend. I'm just too posh. When a little poker and win the cup like eh? Are we finished yet? Uh, blah blah blah, um, girl power, feminism, do you know what I mean? Did you get a chance to watch, because I was trying to find some interviews on YouTube, and they did like a MTV special around the time when this movie was coming out. The Spice Girls, in a little over a year, have forced their way onto the American cultural radar. There have been hit singles. We're just nonstop. Flashy videos. Exactly. with positive energy. Tabloid scandals. It's complete lies. Meetings with world leaders. And Nelson Mandela. Don't forget the man. And breakup rumors. We are sticking together. So what better time for a Spice Girls movie? They brought up like this particular scene in the movie. And, you know, this is kind of like what we've been talking about already. But like Emma has this like really great quote. And she says like... It was a parody of everything, really, of us, yeah, the, the media. Press, right, right. Yeah, yeah, it was just, you know, we think if you can't take the piss out of yourselves and the media, you know, who can you, you know, they should be able to laugh at it. So I, I kind of feel like that's kind of like a like an underlying thesis statement when it comes to Spice Girls. Yeah, totally. Just that self-awareness. Mm-hmm. The thing is, look at the state of us Spice Girls. How can they take themselves seriously? Well, what's your next scene? My next scene is the Milan scene when they're performing. Oh. <laughs> 
when they're performing in Italy. Uh-huh. Because it was just so shocking and ridiculous. This is not on. We didn't agree to have this lot dancing with us. I mean, I know you said it was going to be tacky, but this is tacky. So that scene is basically that they fly to Milan and they're going to do a performance, but they have to perform with these, like, guys behind them that are wearing just, like, shorts. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, mm-hmm. I guess that is kind of scandalous. But I don't know if it's really as scandalous as they made it out to be. Maybe it was, like, scandalous at the time. I don't know. You know? But then they they are kind of like, oh, well, this is not good. We have to, like, compromise and do something else. So then when they do the actual role performance, the guys come out <laughs> in these, like, ridiculous pink kind of, like, Elvis Presley outfits on. And then the compromise was that instead of being shirtless, their butts are out, <laughs> which I feel like was way more... <laughs> scandalous they had like a assless chaps situation sort of thing like i think that's more shocking though than the than their first option like like shirtless guy like whatever but you're seeing like these butts yeah (laughs) literally just the cheeks yeah oh Oh, my gosh that was so funny and just like their banter with like the the people in there like I, i just remember the um Baby Spice's little monologue that she's doing where she's like listing off all the things that she has in her bed and that's why this buff guy can't fit in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there's Buzz, Woody, the alien, and then I've got a fluffy pink hot water bottle. So there's just not enough room for you, mate. They had these girls like booked and busy like from scene to scene they were like doing some sort of publicity event and then they were having like a little fan meet and greet moment on the river and then (laughs) and then oh yeah yeah they were busy and then they were off like meeting meeting the aliens like (laughs) literally everything happens in this movie that you can think of what do you mean aliens you know aliens from outer space they had these little squidgy faces Yeah. yeah and really cheap green coats you're obviously under massive stress. I think you need some time off. I also additionally liked the the scene where they go to dance boot camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I love that moment, too, when they're, like, in camouflage and they're all in, like, these, like, military outfits. But, of course, like, Posh is in a dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's gonna have my little mini dress. Yes, I love that moment. <laughs> We're just like girls, yes, indeed. Let's see. I want to see if our last scene matches. What's your final scene? My final scene is the performance at the end. Oh, okay. Mine is the scene, I guess, kind of sequence of scenes right before, and it's the bus scene. Oh, okay, cool. Out of the way, girls. What are you doing? Fasten your seatbelts. Hey! That's my bus. I don't know if this is like a fair statement to say, but I feel like this is probably one of the most memorable scenes of the movie. One of the more iconic scenes in the movie. Mm -hmm. Like the setup basically is that their pregnant friend has now just given birth and the girl's friendship never ends. So they were with her while she was delivering the baby. And then they were pretty much postponing their their concert (laughs) waiting for their friend to give birth and then once the friend gave birth to a baby girl of course they have to race against time to get to royal albert hall for their performance and in this sequence you're basically just cutting back and forth between this bus ride and then the girls dressing room back at the venue where you see their manager is being pitched by a screenwriter and I'm assuming this is his agent for like a potential Spice Girls movie and then I love this moment as he's describing the scene the scene is actually playing out 
And then that's when there's this kind of like plot twist that you're watching a movie within a movie. Yes, it's brilliant. Okay, now the spice bus is racing across London through Trafalgar Square. Pigeons are flying up. Guys are diving into fountains. And as it zooms down the mall, has Buckingham Palace, Prince William is there. He's looking out through a curtain. He turns to the queen, the queen, man, and says, Oi, Granny, look, if the Spice Girls, they're on telly in a minute. And the queen says, Oh, you're right. Isn't that the posh one driving? Look, there's the queen. Hi, William. Hi, Charlie. Hello, Harry. Did you see that coming? Um... No. Yeah, neither did I. And I'm like, it's like understandable for you because like you were like a kid watching it. But like me, me as an adult, I was like, oh my God, it's the movie. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) this is so meta. Right. I was like, wow, what a meta self-reflexive moment. Like there's a lot of meta moments in this movie, right? Because you have like this movie within a movie. And then they're also shooting this like documentary Mm -hmm. within the mockumentary that is Spice World. And then even at the very end, if you make it to the closing credits, the girls like literally break the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was like a fun little personality moment for them. Look all those people in there. Hello. Oh, wow. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hey, look at them two snogging at the back. <gasps> <laughs> I bet you didn't you about film, did you? And look where you're headed. Go on, go on. Look all the mess they made, the popcorn, that's what I do. Oh. Do you know what I always wonder? Why do people sit there at the end of the film and watch the credits go up? It's probably the sad anticlimax. It's all over, back to reality. It's like so many levels of... Yes! I don't even know what to say. Like, it's just so many levels of one film. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, Inception who, you know? Yeah, seriously. Spice World. (laughs) They set the blueprint for it. Yeah, they were the blueprint. Like, sorry, Leo, but Spice Girls. (laughs) But I feel like, honestly, the most important tidbit of this entire sequence is the fact that Posh is driving the bus. She's in heels. And she's so funny. Yeah. Like, I love that line when she's like, hold on to your knickers, girls. Like That's, like, so <laughs> iconic. Hold on to your knickers, girls! The reason why she says that is because they're literally driving and they're about to cross this bridge. But then as they're about to cross the bridge, the bridge, like, starts to go up. So then the bus literally has to, like, do this, like, Hail Mary jump across. And instead of actually showing that, the camera cuts to, like, a action figure recreation of that scene. Which is so ridiculous. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the things that makes it such a funny scene. That it's just yes. like, oh! This is too dangerous. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna bring in the action figures. Yeah, and then when the guy's like, ooh, this is very expensive. Up it goes! A five-ton London bus sailing through the air at 70 miles an hour. It's incredible. It's expensive. <laughs> Not necessarily. And just that whole scene when he's like telling the manager what's going on, the manager is freaking out. The whole movie, he's just screaming like <laughs> Having a heart attack the entire movie, I was like, man, I hope they paid that guy a lot of money. Look at that! Look at that! More stories! More evil harpoons from the press! I really wouldn't let it bother you, Clifford. Just chill out! What's wrong with you? Yeah, the press can just flick off. Makes me just want to strangle something! Look, if we take any notes of all that press, we go mad like you. And when the girls don't come through the door immediately, he literally, like, starts attacking the... Guy. Oh my god. And like the movie also got like fairly dark too when he was like, I know what I'm gonna do. Oh, when the yes. lights come up, I'm gonna hang myself. I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's so funny because it's so terrible. It's like, 
what like why are you going this far i know i was just like that just like is truly a sign of the times because that you cannot write that kind of scene in like 2020 no nope you cannot so this is the plan the band starts up the fans go wild the lights come on and i walk center stage and hang myself oh by the way this is my good side i was like wow that's dark But it's like so shocking that you're like, you can't help but kind of laugh when he says it because you're just like, I can't believe he would even go that far. Meanwhile, Alan Cummings character is just like, yeah, we need to just like get this on film. (laughs) Additionally too, like that scene also kind of just like plays into like the heightened world of entertainment and this Hollywood lifestyle, you know? Yeah, where it's like in real life, these things, I don't know, it's not like they were curing some crazy disease. Right. Everything is like of pressing time like they're acting as if like this is gonna be the end of the world if they don't get on stage right now oh my gosh but you know the spice girls showed they can do it all they can be there for their friend they can make it to the concert for their fans girl power right there's they showed balance mm-hmm. oh man well this is a perfect segue into your scene because miraculously posh is able to successfully drive them to the venue and then they perform which is your scene yes and i mean you know it's the finale it's You know, we got a a great, fun song that everyone loves. Yes. Spice Up Your Life. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, is essentially kind of, I don't know, feels kind of like the theme song of what Spice World really is, you know? And some Spice Girls to your life. Yeah. Their costumes were amazing. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they were doing in Pasha's hair. (laughs) (laughs) Like, everyone looks so great. And then I was like, Posh, you're... Why? Why did they do that? But, you know, it's just like a fun performance. And I feel like it's, you know, one of those things, like you said, like the culmination of everything that kind of happened. They got to do it all. And here we are getting to enjoy kind of that bow. Spice Up Your Life is the first. Was that the first single of their second album? Because I know in the order on the album, that's their first song. But I'm assuming that was the first single off of that second album yep that was the first single Mm. yeah so that makes sense that they would end it on like here's our current era we're gonna promote the new single yeah well well i guess all of this really was to promote the whole album was made while they were filming like they're just using all the songs off the the new album in this yeah because i think i i was watching somewhere when they weren't filming they had like a sort of like makeshift studio on set and they would go to that makeshift studio and like write and record songs Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I think, yeah, I think that's what was happening, which when you think about it, that's such a crazy, intensive work schedule, but... We had this built-in, it was like a little caravan studio in there. Yeah. So when the day was finished shooting, we'd go in and start writing. It was a long day, is that right? But we got girl power. We can survive it, man. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's like kind of the first visual album if you will yeah, yeah, like the Spice Girls did it first like they made a full feature film for their album well when I was doing some research the writer Kim Fuller was saying he took inspiration off of the Beatles A Hard Day's Night it's been a hard day's night and I've been working like a dog it's been a hard day's night I should be sleeping Have you seen that movie? I haven't. Yeah, I haven't either. And I wonder, like, I don't know what the critical reception of that movie was, but it'd be interesting to see, like, how people took that movie compared to this one. But yeah, that that is a good point. This is kind of like essentially that second album come to life 
with like a couple nods to the previous album, obviously with like Wannabe and whatnot. I mean, I had read that this album was also sort of like the sound, like they used it as like the soundtrack to the movie. So I wonder, did they think, okay, we're going to do this album. And then while they were making the songs, they were like, let's do the movie or did the movie come first? And then let's also make an album as well. Hmm. I'm not really sure. I think that they do go hand in hand, but I don't know like yeah. which one they kind of started doing first or if they were like, oh, okay, well, we know you guys are super popular. We're going to do a second album, but we want it to tie into this movie. So like make it work. Right. Like just like ride the wave of popularity sort of thing. Yeah, maybe. Do you have like any other additional thoughts about Spice World? Hmm. Any additional thoughts about Spice World? I mean, I loved the message like the feminist message and kind of like that girl power message that they Mm -hmm. had going throughout the film I knew that girl power was obviously something that the Spice Girls talked about but I guess I didn't understand just like the depth of that when I was little I was just like girl power but now it's like oh wow like rewatching it I'm like these were like women ahead of their time like Mm -hmm. very like strong feminist women that like I don't know It's just like impressive to see that they made this movie in 1997, 1998, when I don't know if this kind of conversation was like super, super prevalent. Like, obviously, there's been conversations of feminism throughout the decades. But yeah, like this just looking back, I'm like, wow, this is a great message. It's really about friendship. It's about girl power. And that's why I know I have a little friend who's four years old, Emma, who just loves you. So girls four all ages adore you because of what you represent. And what do you think it is you're representing? Women, you know, standing there strong we're together. You know, we identify with each other. We all probably feel the same. You know, we're out there, you know, doing the best we can, sticking together. Yeah. That's what girl power is all Female about. And there certainly is girl power here today in the studio. Girl power. Girl power. Did they even ever when? Uh, yeah, I guess they would explicitly use the word feminism when they were doing interviews, right? I think so. Like, they definitely said some stuff in the the movie. Girl power, equalization between the sexes. They definitely said a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Girl power, equalization between the sexes. And those ideas, like, definitely fall under the umbrella belief system of feminism. A lot of people tend to say, like, oh, like, pop music, pop girls, it's so, like, uh, like they kind of tend to diminish them in a way. Mm-hmm. and like say like oh that those are such like reductive things what I find so interesting about Spice Girls is they were able to like make that idea of feminism like very accessible especially for like young girls growing up at the time who they're not like consciously thinking of those ideas but because Spice Girls is talking about it, it's like oh that's cool I do believe in those sorts of things you know what I mean yeah I I definitely think so like and I think I'm I'm curious actually what would have happened if the Spice Girls were the way they are now or the way they like with the messages that they had then if they were coming up now what the reaction would be to them because I feel like there would definitely be people that are like oh my god this is amazing and then because we're you know in the age of the internet there'd be a lot of people that would be like very vocally opposed to them I feel like I feel like yeah that's an interesting question I feel like if the Spice Girls were coming up now and they were doing sort of like you know the same exact thing I think they would have to be a little bit more nuanced with their belief system. Like, I think for it to just be quote unquote girl power isn't enough anymore mm-hmm. in 2020. You know what I mean? It's like there needs to be a little bit more behind that. Yeah. 
other than just like, yeah, girl power. Like, I mean, like girl power is cool, but there's more more nuance to that idea and conversation that I feel like I just feel like audiences now kind of expect Mm -hmm. and demand. You know, like you said, like we're like social media age, Internet culture, like our society now is all about like literally overanalyzing everything. (laughs) So we're going to like take it apart. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like back then, yeah, it seems like. I don't know, like audiences just took those messages kind of more easily and they weren't necessarily like thinking about it too deeply. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. You know, there's like pros and cons to that as well, but. Mm -hmm. You know, and and actually like thinking about that, like some of like the more nuanced things in this story, like I think that whole storyline of Nicola having a baby, I feel like that was them kind of in a way saying that like motherhood is girl like the ultimate girl power and I'm like oh that's kind of interesting to like yeah you know they definitely had a lot of moments in the movie where they like specifically were saying like girl power equalization between the sexes but that felt like a moment where it's like we're not specifically saying it but like we're showing you like look at this she had a a baby and like we followed her journey maybe that was their way of kind of maybe that's why they were like let's add some additional character to this story because honestly you don't really need that character to tell the story of Spice Girls. Right. So maybe that was kind of their way of being like, well, we want to tell another type of story. And I thought that that could be just like an interesting way to show them embracing all different types of women Mm. um, and female stories. So No, I love that. Because it's like, you know, the center of this movie is the Spice Girls. But aside from like, you know, it's easy to celebrate like the pop stars, but they're also taking this moment in the film to celebrate sort of like the everyday woman. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, like that's <laughs> giving birth is quite literally girl power. <laughs> yeah, it's a I, very literal I, girl power. Totally. Oh my god, it's coming out! I think I'm gonna faint. No, you're not. Slap me! Oh, it's in a fire again! It's a beatroom. It's a girl. I'm telling you, with hands like that, she'd make a great goalie one day. Now that is girl power. And honestly, like, the more I'm thinking now about Nicola's story, I'm like, at first I was kind of like, what was the point of her character? And now I'm like, actually, she did, like, have an arc. Like, there's that moment when she's hanging out with all of them and they go and do their press interviews and somebody's like, oh, who are you? And she's She's like, like, I'm "I'm nobody. nobody. Hi, I'm Barnaby. Oh, hi. So are you part of the Spice Phenomenon? No, I'm just nobody. Oh. Excuse me a minute. It's like she thinks she's nobody. Like, I know that was so you sad. And now she's like, now I'm a mom. Yeah. You know, like she finds her purpose and and like she still has her friends. Her friends were there. They like went back to her eventually. Exactly. Look at that. What a character arc for us. Right. The depth of this story, man. Yeah, <laughs> Spice Girls. There's literally so many levels. <laughs> Girl power. Girl power. <laughs> Well, I think that's a really great segue into our next segment, Popcorn and Pop Stars. So Popcorn and Pop Stars is a segment where we talk about where the diva was, or in this case, divas were at this moment in their career and why they potentially did the movie. So I feel like I might have to default a lot to you because it seems like you're the bigger (laughs) Spice Girls fan than me. Where were the Spice Girls at? in this moment of their career when Spice Girls was Spice World was happening. So Spice World 
happened, you know, right after their first album, going into their second album. So it was like the second album is Spice World. And I feel like they were on a high. You know, they had a huge, huge, huge success with their debut album, Spice. July of 95, the girls were signed to Virgin Records and began in earnest to work on their debut album, Spice. The record became a true pop sensation, topping America's year-end charts for 1997 and selling over 18 million copies and counting worldwide. The girls announced their presence to the globe with a first single that promptly went to number one in 32 countries. That it makes sense that they're like, okay, well, you know, obviously these girls are a phenomenon and they were they were called like the um like the second wave of like the British invasion. Yeah. Get ready for the latest British invasion. This time the girls are coming. Spice Girls. Their spicy brand of girl power has made them the most successful girl group in the history of British pop music. Their first four singles soared to number one a feat that tops the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And so it's cool to see that, like, that one album really skyrocketed them to fame so much so that it's like, all right, well, we got to do a movie. We got to do another album. We got to do all this stuff. And actually, I believe their second album came out only, like, it was either seven or nine months after the first album in, in America. Yeah, I think it was nine months. Yeah. And um, I think I remember reading, it might have been on Wikipedia, but there was, like, some sort of, like, controversy, at least with, American audiences like oh they're kind of cheating the system because they just released an album nine months ago and that first album did really well on the charts and now they're gonna like break records just because that sophomore album came out nine months later you know what I mean I think also at the time of this album and this movie the Spice Girls were kind of going through a lot of media attention a lot of controversies mm. like they performed for the royal family and Mel B and Jerry like kissed Prince Charles and they pinched his butt. Right. And it like got major criticism. Spice Girl philosophy yeah. when we first started out, whether we met, you know, big fat record company bosses, the postman, the president, whether you're black or you're white, gay or straight, you treat everybody the same. You know, even if you're royalty, you still get your bum pinched. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's what <laughs> They ended up firing their manager, Simon Fuller, around that same time. Can you tell me anything about how that came down, uh, letting Simon go? Mm, no. <laughs> Nothing. And all of this became like big, big news. So it was kind of like this was the height of their popularity, I feel like. And also, you know, they were dealing with controversies at the time, too. So, you know, this could have been an opportunity for them to, you know, something that could help make or break their career. Yeah. In a way. And thinking about that, too, that's an interesting life imitating art idea because a huge theme in Spice World is sort of like this invasion of privacy with the media and how they were always being like followed with tabloid fodder and whatnot and they even have like a character in the movie that like stalks them basically throughout trying to get pictures. Yeah that has to be them you know kind of reflecting what was going on in their life and trying to make light of that. Yeah and I feel like also that idea is kind of like very emblematic of pop culture and media culture of the late 90s because I believe sometime in the late 90s like that's when Princess Diana dies mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and like her whole death was because the paparazzi literally was chasing her car down that tunnel and I think yeah. when the Spice Girls went to the MTV Awards they actually did like a little nod to Princess Diana I believe they like tied like a black bow around their arms to commemorate Princess Diana and they even dedicated their award that they won that night to her so We'd like to dedicate this award to Princess Diana. It was a great loss for our country. 
a loss shared by the Spice Girls as well, who sported black armbands in Diana's memory at last year's MTV Video Music Awards. Again, this movie is very of its time, and it speaks to the culture of the time, too. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's really interesting, actually, to realize that, that like, they were going through all this stuff, and, it's, I mean, they very clearly put it in the movie. Yeah. Because I think, like, as a kid definitely didn't realize that because I didn't really know that all that was like really really going on Mm -hmm. but like looking back and being like oh wow like these little things happened and like in the movie too it was like things that were maybe like a smaller situation they blew up to be really big and it's like okay yeah exactly like that moment in the movie when Ginger says something about like the Pope and being Catholic and then that becomes like a whole thing and then there's that other moment in the movie where the two kids like fall into the the, the river when they're on their little boat ride and that becomes a whole thing like it's just celebrity Mm -hmm. culture and that's what they were going through I mean I guess if you think about it connecting to now it's like the cancel culture of just like anything you do yeah oh yeah that's what I was thinking of in the back of my head while watching Spice World was like this was interesting commentary about what it was like to be a big pop star in the late 90s and feeling that constant surveillance by the media in the wake of Diana's death there was a lot of speculation that the press would kind of take this more restrained kind of approach. Do, has there, is there any sign that they've sort of I don't learned think any so. lessons? Down. I don't think so. They said they British would. British press is British but press. They've got right English paparazzi down there. They follow us every day. But, you know, the thing is, in, in our profession, we've got to accept that because it, it is part of the job. The bottom line is sometimes they do go a bit too far. Yeah. It is. Finishing Said it in a nutshell. Said it in a nutshell. This is in a nutshell. Hey, I'm in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like that kind of comes in a different form now in 2020 because of the internet and social media. So it'd be interesting for someone to make a movie about that experience. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Because cancel culture, man. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) No one is safe. Nope. So why do you think the Spice Girls made this movie? I think they made it because this was the height of their fame. It's like, what are you going to do? Come out with lollipops, come out with dolls, come out with merchandise, come out with a movie, like do it all like while you can. Mm -hmm. Fame can be fleeting. So why not? You know, if if someone's going to offer to pay money to make a movie around you because you're blowing up, like take that opportunity. And I feel like that's kind of why they went with that movie because Simon Fuller, who was their manager, was like, these girls, they're huge. They're this British sensation. Like, right. They're crossing over in America. Like, let's give the people what they want. I had read that Simon, your pr- former manager, um, was actually one of the people who had sort of come up with the idea initially. Is that- incorrect. Is that incorrect? Um, <laughs> okay. I'll tell well, you then why. I, I you stand corrected. Incorrect. <laughs> we, I mean, basically, Spice Girls had, you know, the idea of this movie literally four Last or five thing, years yeah. ago when we went to Simon. That was that was just one of our ideas that we actually had. And I was reading somewhere, too, I guess, like, Hollywood in general was, like, courting them for a movie for quite some time because, like, they had gotten so huge. And at one point, Disney was potentially going to do a movie with them. Oh, wow. But the Spice Girls, like, didn't like the plot of the Disney movie because they felt like it was, you know, it was too Disney. Basically, the plot was, like, young single mother of one of the girls fights hardships to form the band. <laughs> like, that was, like, the basic idea. And Spice Girls were like, hmm. I'm a pass. <laughs> well, they seem like they're people that want to do something a little quirky and different. and Yeah, they're definitely girls who come across as like, we want to have more creative control. Although, you know, we're five young girls. We've got five strong heads on our shoulders. Do you know what I mean? We're a bit of intelligence. And, you know, we always go on our gut instinct. 
you know, and basically stay true to ourselves. So if we don't like something, we just say it. Who is it? Mrs. Potts, dear. I thought you might like a spot of tea. Well, um, I guess we could move on to spill the Technicolor tea. It's like nice to have a little tea party every once in a while. So this is a segment where we talk about just some backstage background gossip that may have been occurring during the pre-production or production of the movie. So do you have any special tea? Some onset drama that I thought was interesting was that there was a different actor before Meatloaf originally cast as the tour bus driver. Oh, yeah! Yeah, but he left the movie because the security guards stopped his son from getting a photo with the Spice Girls, and he was like, what the heck, yo, like, I'm in this movie too. So, uh-huh. you know, I guess that wasn't cool for him, so he was like, I'm, not just, I'm just not going to do it. Well, that's cool that we got Meatloaf, though. I'm happy about that. Yeah, and actually what's really funny is that he says a line in the movie when they're asking him to fix the toilets, and he says that he'd do anything for the girls, but he won't do that. Yeah. And that's a reference to his song. Yes. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Listen, I love these girls, and I'll do anything for them, but I won't do that. So I guess they filmed this over the course of 43 days in the summer, and it was in and around London. Throughout the course of them filming this movie, I guess is when, like, Spice Girl mania, like, really started to occur. So during the pre-production of the movie, the girls were still up and coming, and they could seamlessly go anywhere without being recognized, but by the time the film wrapped... They had become super popular to the point where at times when they were filming certain scenes, paparazzi would try and get photographs of the Spice Girls. And there was one instance when two paparazzi people dressed themselves as like cows and they were hiding in a field amongst real cows just trying to get like pictures of the girls. What? That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, oh, wow. (laughs) The things they, they did for just a picture back then. Oh, my gosh. Additionally, I also found out that the script supervisor, I don't know like who this person was, but they were like very close to losing their mind on set because the writer kept making script revisions since celebrities were wanting to attach themselves to the project because the Spice Girls had gotten so popular. So Kim Fuller was constantly like trying to write in certain celebrities. And then it was to the point where the script supervisor was like, oh my God, I I can't do this anymore. But that person still stayed on. But I just thought that was really funny. Yeah, like that's crazy that so many people wanted to be in it. Apparently, five months after this movie came out in the UK... Jerry quit the Spice Girls. Oh! <laughs> oh, man. Jerry Hallowell, Ginger Spice to fans, after missing two appearances with the free prefab group last week, officially quit the act on Sunday. Spice Girls say they'll soldier on as a foursome, but who among us can't say they won't miss that saucy redhead? That's like soon after. Yeah, that's what was crazy, like the timeline of events, considering like this is like the height of their career and then the movie comes out, this album is out, and I think they were like, you know, touring and then she leaves. (laughs) Wild. Very dramatic. I felt like low-key while I was watching the movie, there were moments where it was like foreshadowing that Jerry was gonna leave. (laughs) Like what? 
like there's a moment in uh, in the movie where I think they're like kind of arguing already like oh we can't be doing this we can't be doing that's like towards the end when the girls like kind of like one at a time start leaving that stage and Jerry says something about like well maybe I don't want to perform and then Baby Spice says why would you say that you don't want to turn up here tomorrow night maybe we don't what did you say that for I don't know I just said it I think I think I may have just started the breakup of the Spice Girls. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, even Spice World knew what was up. <laughs> oh man. One more additional tea I guess I could add is the director of this movie. His name is Bob Spears. This was his first time directing a feature film. He had done several TV gigs before, but this was the first film thing he was doing and he was very nervous to the point where he was consistently drinking alcohol like while shooting (laughs) oh my gosh that's crazy I wonder if like that's what helped make it such a wild ride I don't know I mean it (laughs) is a very unconventional movie yeah maybe that played into maybe that was part of his like creative process I don't know (laughs) it's like nice to have a little tea party every once in a while so let's move on to Tinseltown showdown Okay, so this is a segment where we talk about potential people that may have been up for the role, but then they ended up not being in the movie. Kristen, what do you have? Okay, so first, Jason Isaacs had a cameo. He was supposed to be a very pretentious author and poet, but unfortunately he got cut out. Mm -hmm. There was another scene where they mentioned Princess Diana and Gianni Versace because they were alive when the movie was made, but both of them had died in the real world. Oof. So then they removed it before it came out. That's crazy that they had, like, both of them. Yeah. And then it just so happened. Gosh. Also, Gary Oldman, (gasps) um, (laughs) he wasn't in the movie, but he wanted to be in the movie and was, like, trying to make it work, but it didn't do to scheduling. But his sons were really big Spice Girl fans, so that's why he wanted to be in it. Oh, that's really funny. And I think that's all I had. The other one was just that the tour bus driver actor, Frank Bruno, who ended up leaving the movie because his son got in trouble for trying to take a picture with the girls. No way. I want to see the receipts. Okay, well, show me the receipts. Let's get into some receipts here. This is just stats about the movie. What do you have? So I have that, even though this movie was like a big success, the critics were not into it. And it got nominated for seven awards at the 1999 Razzies. Yes. And the Spice Girls won as a group for Worst Actress. (laughs) (laughs) I always feel like... Sometimes the Razzies are not kind to our divas, you know? It's just so easy to go after them. They don't understand the impact. Yeah, they don't understand the impact of girl power. Let's see here. I have that this movie was made on a relatively modest budget of $5.5 million, but it took over the worldwide box office making like over like $100 million. So they got their money back. Definitely got their money back. I think in the United States, it had opened on Super Bowl weekend. And it was like, up until that point, like the highest earning number one Super Bowl weekend movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's like pretty big because I feel like during the Super Bowl, like that's all people care about. So to be like, I'm going to go away from my TV and go see something else. It's like, you really have to have that impact. It reminds me of um, when Kylie Jenner announced she was pregnant Super Bowl weekend. And it was like, <laughs> you could just see the um, the trending topics. And it was like, 
she had so many more million people talking about her. Oh than my god! Revolted, and it's like, woo. Yeah, I guess that is kind of like the modern day equivalent of that. That's called counter programming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll end it with Rotten Tomato score. It has a thirty five percent. I mean, like again, it's easy to rag on these diva movies, but hey, it comes with the territory, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, we have now come to the end. What do you think the impact is of Spice World? Ooh, Spice World. I feel like Spice World is actually like... Is an experience. <laughs> it's an experience. I think it's actually a really brilliant like parody film. I don't think that this film was meant to be like, I don't know, the next, what's like an Oscar winning serious movie you know like, it, I don't think it's meant to be that I think it's meant to be a parody film that kind of makes fun of what it's like being a celebrity cliches in movies and in uh the world of of pop music like we were saying you could make fun of like oh it's not the best but like they had some strong messages in there about girl power and being yourself and what it's like being put on a pedestal and how people view you versus how you view yourself. And, mm -hmm. you know, they also had fun scenes meeting aliens yeah. and performing all around the world. And they, they did it all. Yeah, the aliens were stands too. Like, they're, they're not international superstars. They are galactic superstars. <laughs> yeah, they're intergalactic superstars. They, I mean, I think they, the Spice Girls killed it. I think this movie, like, really solidifies their legacy. You got great songs in it. It's like a cult whole classic movie and it feels like this movie is definitely like beloved by the fans of the Spice Girls which is always a good thing because you know it could it would be it'd be one thing if everyone hated the movie too like including your fans that'd be like oof that's not good but at least like you know their core demo really enjoyed the movie and they still love the movie and um it's a very British movie. It's a movie that's very of its time and girl power. <laughs> girl power, equalization of the sexes. Yes. <laughs> that movie is basically a parody of our lives. You know, our lives, I would say, they are, compared to the average person, are really, it is really mad. You know, we get up, we're in makeup, and we go to Top of the Pops, and we do another interview, and we go to that TV show. And then, then we, we fly to Spain, and then we fly to Spain, and come back, and we'll do this, and do this, phone It's up. probably madder than the film actually shows, actually. Well, I'll ask you one more question. What is your favorite Spice Girls song? It doesn't have to be in this movie, but what's your favorite Spice Girls song? Oh, man. Um, I would say it's either Wannabe or Spice Up Your Life. I feel like I feel like those are two staples Ooh. up there. Yeah. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. Make it last forever. Friendship never ends. If you want to be my lover, you have got to give. Got to take it too easy, but We got M in the place, who likes it in your face You got G like MC, who likes it on a easy V Who doesn't come for free, she's the real lady And ask for me, how you'll see Slam your body down and wind it all around Slam your body down and wind it all around Did you ever watch when they performed at the Olympics? It was in London it might have been 2012. No. Oh my God. You need to watch it. When I think about it, it gives me like goosebumps. It's so good. It's like amazing. Oh man. I, I don't even want to like give anything away that like happens, but I'm thinking about it. I'm like tearing up right now. It's that good. <laughs> okay. 2012 Olympics. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm going to look, yeah, look up. Yeah. That Spice Girls like, oh, oh my God. 
whoa, really great performance. And it may be very like nostalgic for them. I need to check it out. Yeah, listeners, check it out if you haven't watched it already. It's 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 a classic. <laughs> Do you have any other like Spice Girls related thoughts, Kristen, that you want to share with the people at home or wherever listening? Any other Spice Girls related thoughts? You know, I was thinking actually how it's interesting that, you know, fresh off of this film, they didn't do another album for another three years. Mm. I feel like they kind of had like a hard time recovering after Jerry left. I think so, too, because I think Jerry might have been the favorite. Like, I think everyone liked all of them, but I think she was the favorite. Again, context, key, ladies. But I don't really know the Spice Girls deep like that. But it seems from what I've can gauge that she was kind of the leader of the group in a way. I think... Is that kind of fair to say? Like she would like kind of be like the person that the girls would kind of look to if they were answering like a difficult question sort of thing? Or like, how how do you feel about that? I mean, I guess I don't know, I guess, about how other people maybe viewed them or how they viewed within themselves. Like, was there a leader of the group? To me, when I was young, I didn't think that there was necessarily like one that was a leader. But I did think that like Ginger Spice was everyone's favorite. Mm, okay. Like, I remember... I got the Spice Girls dolls for like a dance recital that I did. Like my parents got me the dolls and I was allowed to open all of them, Mm. but I didn't open the ginger one because I had to save that one because she was the best one. Oh, wow. So like I played with all of them, but the ginger one is still somewhere in my house in a box that has never been opened. Oh my God. Wow. Oh my God. So there was like a hierarchy even in your house. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so like I thought they were all equal, but then ginger was just like a little bit more of my favorite. I don't know. Yeah. That's what I thought. So I don't know if other people felt that way also. Maybe maybe they didn't. Maybe everyone's going to be like, Kristen, you're wrong. All the Spice Girls <laughs> are created equal, which they, they are. But like, I think I thought that Ginger was the favorite. Yeah. And so then when she left, I remember being like, oh, what is going to happen now? Like, this is it. It's over. And then she tried to do a solo career, but I don't, I didn't really pay attention to that. So friendship never ends. Well, sometimes it does, I guess. But <laughs> No. <laughs> Dang it, Jerry. <laughs> I want to think that they were able to get through that and still remain friends with all these reunions. They recently did like that tour, but Victoria wasn't there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spice Girl Stan, if you're listening, fill us in on the tea. <laughs> all right. Well, Kristen, do you want to give us like your social media before I let you go? So um, my social media, you can find me on Twitter at Kmaldo on YouTube at youtube.com slash kmaldo and on Instagram at kmaldo with the number one at the end. I hope you had fun on this podcast. <laughs> yes, me. it was great. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for talking Spice Girls with me for like the past like hour and a half. I'm glad I could share all my Spice Girl memories with you. This is so fun. I'm so happy that like I talked to you're like a legit Spice Girls fan because you like went to the concert. You had the dolls. So yeah, this is, I didn't this is... realize how much of a Spice Girls fan I was until I yeah. got back and I'm like, oh, wow. Do I have I might be obsessed. I don't know. <laughs> like you were truly born for this episode. Is <laughs> This was a long time in the making. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Your ginger spice Barbie doll is like can be a testament to that. Yes. <laughs> That's like literally like in its box still. No, it is. It, de- it definitely is in my closet at home. <laughs> you need to like save that because that's like a collector's item. Like right? literally. <laughs> like if I hadn't opened those other dolls, like I'm sure those would be worth a lot of money right now for the full five set. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I like can't even imagine. Wow. <laughs> uh, what, what did I do? <laughs> 
Coming soon to theaters. All right, divas, we've finally come to coming attractions. Like always, I'm going to be playing a little clip from the movie that we're going to be covering next week. Let's see if you can figure this one out. I used to think I had the answers to everything, but now I know that life doesn't always go my way. It feels like I'm caught in the middle, and that's when I realize that I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Okay, I'm just going to end the episode here. If you guys liked what you heard, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're streaming from. And if you can, leave us a review. That would be much appreciated. If you want to follow the podcast, we're Diva Daily's Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also email us, divadailyspod at gmail.com. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And Remember divas? So the thing is, a diva has to be good at what she does. <laughs>